this is Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director of Meetings Today. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. We are here today with Steve Jones, author of Brand Like a Rockstar and a keynote speaker. And uh, really was a pleasure seeing him uh, do his presentation, How to Come Back Like a Rockstar, at our recent Meetings Today live South show in, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Thanks for joining us today, Steve. Uh, it's an honor, Tyler. Thank you very much for having me. And thanks for the kind words about uh, Myrtle Beach. That was the first time in 20 months I've been in front of a, a live audience. And you know how musicians, they always say like, you know, what a great audience it is tonight. And that, you know, the whole cliche, thank you, Cleveland. Yeah. You know, it's real. Like the, the energy that a speaker or a band gets from the audience is, is a real fuel. And uh, it was a great event in Myrtle Beach. Um, and it was just a blast to feel that energy again. Yeah, I know, because I, I talk to a lot of speakers and, and they miss it. And like you said, like a musician, um, they they thrive off of sort of feedback and seeing people's reactions. And I know a number of them had really had significant challenges during the whole sort of Zoom digital era of really kind of knowing how their presentation is being received as they're doing yeah. it. It's a real struggle. I mean, for me, I uh, being based in the music industry and having spent, you know, the better part of four decades in the music business, um, I use a lot of music and video, as you know, in my presentation. And it, you know, when you're streaming that, you know how it looks on your end, but you have no idea what, what the person on the receiving end is getting, whether their bandwidth is choppy, whether you're frozen with an awkward look on your face or what other craziness might be happening. And um, you know, I think like all speakers, we go into these things with a real personal connection to the outcome. We want um, we want this event to be something that people go home and tell their friends about and, and something that they go back to work and put into play and something that really makes a little dent in their universe. And when you're doing it virtually and you just can't see, you have no idea and no control, it can be very frustrating and frightening. So it's, it's fantastic that we're, we're storming back in such a great way. Yeah. And thanks to Goodman speaker bureau, uh, speaker management to, uh, for bringing, bringing you along. And, and before we get to kind of the specifics of what you offer as a presenter and your keynotes, um, you know, you have 30 years of experience in the music industry. Why don't you fill people in on how you got your start there and some highlights from that career? Well, I um, was just in the music from as long as I can remember. And uh, I tried, you know, I took guitar lessons. I took piano lessons. I, I tried to play saxophone and uh, finally settled on drums that I was like okay at for a little bit, but it was it was very evident early on that I was going to be an incompetent musician. Hmm. So um, I, I, I found a way to get into the music industry through media, through radio. I started um, on the air at a small radio station, and over the course of a few years, did the whole sort of morning radio routine and evolved into uh, radio and media management. And so my career has taken me from my home country, Canada, into the U.S., and then into the Caribbean for a couple of years, and then back to Canada, where I'm currently based. And, uh, you know, I work um, in the a sort of my day job with a company called Stingray, which is a global music and media and entertainment company involved in streaming and in-store music and, and radio and all kinds of different touch points with the music industry. 
Um, so it's, it's, it's fantastic to be able to both speak about my career in the industry and, and continue on a daily basis to be involved in the industry. But for what, what really launched me into speaking was uh, about a decade ago, I was working on a, on a presentation uh, internally for our own company about what I've observed over the course of my career in music that could be applied to businesses. And I, I realized developing the presentation that there was there were so many parallels between what great bands did and what great brands did, great companies did. So I started working on a book called Brand Like a Rockstar. And uh, that, you know, took off and the speaking took off with it. And it's been an amazing ride. Um, it is so much fun to be able to share the stories and strategies of these rock legends and show how um, they can be applied to a business. I mean, the the, the very first example uh, that comes to mind is like Amazon mm -hmm. uh, and the Foo Fighters. At the very same time, Dave Grohl is in a garage in Seattle wondering what he's going to do now that Nirvana is no more. And Jeff Bezos is in a garage a few miles away in Seattle wondering what he's going to do to start a new business. He wants to get into delivering things from people who've bought on the Internet. And... This week, you know, the Foo Fighters are inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and uh, Jeff Bezos continues to be one of the richest men alive. Uh, those those two entities, the Foo Fighters and 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 Amazon, started a few miles apart at the exact same time in garages, and it's like this: the 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 bands that have gone from garage band to world fame have done many of the same things as businesses that have gone from, you know, a garage project to multinational big, big brands. Uh, a lot of these same strategies apply. And it's interesting that people often classify musicians as sort of like right brain creative thinkers mm -hmm. and entrepreneurs as left brain analytical thinkers. I actually think the relationship between the entrepreneur and the artist is, is really simple and, and very similar. You start with this idea in your head that you can build something from nothing and you build it. Yeah, and people tell you you're crazy along the way. And as a musician, it's the exact same thing. You hear an idea in your head, a lyric, a riff, a couple of notes, and you build a song around that and, and you build a career around the song. And it's, it's uh, fascinating how much of the music business applies to just business in general across almost any industry. Yeah, and um, I know uh, for one, uh, you know, you, you listed really a number of really specific examples of uh, significant acts and their messages. Um, and one was uh, Jimmy Buffett. And when you mentioned kind of the left brain, right brain, you know, here's a guy who said maybe one hit song, maybe two if you really scratch deep, but he is like just a multi-millionaire, if not billionaire, businessman and entrepreneur. So yeah, all based off the back of like a 208 word song about getting drunk. Like right. the, it's, it is incredible what Jimmy Buffett has accomplished from Margaritaville alone. And that song was, it only hit number seven. It wasn't even a number one hit, but Buffett, was able to build an absolute business empire around that song. And what I love about Jimmy Buffett to this day is that, you know, you can hear Margaritaville as a song and as a business entity is really, is, it's an experience more than anything else. You could be, mm -hmm. 
you can be commuting into work on a cold winter day and Margaritaville comes on and for three minutes, you know, you could be lost in that beach bum attitude. Right. And it's the same thing that happens when you walk into a Margaritaville restaurant or casino or hotel or any other business environment based around Margaritaville. You're going in to sort of, you know, uh, be the beach bum for a little while. And and people flock to his concerts all, all, all every weekend, all summer, every year. Uh, his shows consistently sell out because people show up for the experience. Um, guys who are accountants and bankers and women who are school principals and uh, executives and companies put on makeup and, and dress up in tropical gear and go out and uh, and party for a night like they have no care in the world. And that's the beauty of of Jimmy Buffett. And I think from a business perspective, it's important to remember that people don't buy products. They don't buy services. I believe people buy experiences. And I think that applies to pretty much anything. Like, you know, you don't buy a pair of jeans because they're necessarily well-made. You buy them because they make you feel good. They might make you feel sexy. They might make you, you know, feel like you can accomplish something. Like, you know, you crack open a bottle of wine for the experience of what that wine represents and makes how it makes you feel maybe perhaps sophisticated. It might make you feel refined. It might make you feel calm. Um, the we get behind the wheel of a sports car. It's the experience, not the nuts and bolts and metal that make the car. And uh, I think that applies to almost any, any business application whatsoever. I think nobody wakes up in the morning thinking, I want to, you know, I want to buy uh, a couple of nails and a hammer today. But people do wake up thinking, I would love to hang that piece of artwork over the mantle and make my house feel warm. And to do that, they need the hammer and the nail. And, and so it's the experience that brings people in to the product. But far too often in business, we think about the product and service and forget that the customer is really there for the experience of all of it, not for the product itself. And, uh, you know, and that was one example. And without giving away your whole presentation, is there sort of another specific example of a band or a entertainer um, and their connection to, uh, you know, a corporate brand? And oh, there, there, there are, there's so many. Um, one I love to talk about these days for a couple of reasons is Aerosmith and Run DMC. Um, because I think we've really opened our eyes in the last couple of years to the need uh, to embrace diversity at a higher level and to change the uh, society we live in. I think everybody, everyone can sort of realize now that there's benefit to embracing diversity. Um, and it also applies coming out of the pandemic to the idea of a comeback. Aerosmith in 1986, completely washed up, uh, coming out of rehab, hadn't had a hit in years. Nobody expected Aerosmith to have another hit in their entire career. They were the very definition of a washed-up 70s rock band. Meanwhile, Run DMC was part of the you know sort of hip-hop movement out of New York City. It was a new movement in music. It was still very much in the black community, had not expanded around America or around the world. It was a, a niche at the time uh, and yet to explode. And producer Rick Rubin brought Aerosmith and Run DMC together. Neither band wanted to work with the other one. 
Aerosmith thought they would lose their rock credibility and Run DMC thought they would jeopardize their hip hop credibility. But Rick Rubin saw a vision, brought the bands together to record a remake of, of Walk This Way, the, the uh, Aerosmith hit from the 70s. That remake in 86 went on to be a bigger hit than the original. And Daryl from Run DMC, um, and I use this video in the presentation, talks about how in the video for that song, Steven Tyler takes a mic stand and he breaks down a wall because in the video, Run DMC is performing on one side of the wall, Aerosmith on the other. And that wall uh, was real. And, and Daryl talks about when Steven Tyler breaks down that wall and brings Run DMC and Aerosmith in the same room. That didn't just happen in a video. You know, D says that happened in real life. And that is pretty, pretty moving, pretty powerful stuff to think that by embracing each other, mm -hmm. uh, both bands, Aerosmith launched into the most prolific phase of their career with, you know, Permanent Vacation and all the big hits that came after uh, Pump, the, uh, the big album in the 80s, all their big hits that came after that. And Run DMC became huge after that, exposed to a whole new audience, but not just Run DMC, hip hop in general after 1986 and Walk This Way became something that kids all over the world were suddenly hearing and embracing. And so by accepting each other and bringing together what made them different, um, they created a whole new product. They opened themselves up to a whole new audience. And for Aerosmith, it was that incredible comeback moment. For Run DMC, that incredible breakthrough moment. And it really only happens because people realize that we're stronger together uh, than apart. And they embraced the diversity. And I, I think that's a great um, it's a great moral. It's a great business story in general. Wow. Yeah, that is really cool. And uh, so tell me, you know, what, uh, how do you sort of uh, take this out on the road and what sorts of keynotes can you provide, uh, you know, based off your incredible experience and, and background in the music industry? Well, I, I, I focus on uh, business and marketing in general. Um, the comeback like a rock star is very popular these days because I think everyone is feeling like, how do I reposition myself to be meaner, leaner and stronger? How does my business come out of this pandemic poised for more success in the future? So the, the comeback angle has really been popular lately. Um, we've gone down the road of, of creating rock star culture. What can we learn from musicians and bands to build stronger cultures in our companies? And um, that's a very popular presentation, but really it comes back to uh, to brand like a rock star. That that's sort of the signature presentation, and um, it's it they're they're all very similar in that they employ these ideas from the music industry and show how you can use them in real life in your business day to day. Excellent. Yeah, and I just have to add, um, and I'm not just saying this, but your presentation was incredibly well received by all the planners in attendance so. well that means a lot like i said i think all of us in uh, you know in this industry uh take it very personally we want we want people to be moved by what we have to say we want to share something more than just uh slides on a screen we want to share an experience and leave people with something they can take home and, and something that can make their lives and their businesses richer Great. And, um, and as I said, um, your book through Goodman Speaker Management, how can people find out more about what you do as well as, as your books? Well, the book's available on Amazon or at brandlikearockstar.com. All of my personal information is there and goodmanspeakermanagement.com. Diane is 
fantastic and happy to uh, connect you with the right people to explore working together. And and uh, I'd love to do it. It's so much fun being able to share these stories. It's a rush and uh, a joy to do it. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us, Steve. Absolutely a pleasure, Tyler. Thank you. Anytime at all. Excellent. And that was Steve Jones, um, author of Brand Like a Rockstar and a keynote speaker. Uh, gets my highest recommendation. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, thank you out there in listener land for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. If you want to check out some more of the podcast we've done, just go to meetingstoday.com and check out the podcast section. Um, thanks for joining us today and have a great rest of the day.